Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve with you on the PBSC podcast. This is episode 162. Stop focusing on your addiction symptoms and get to your core issues. Mm. Where this really uh, jumped out at me and Steve, we had our uh, Dare to Connect session, one hour session this morning on Fridays is for couples. And we introduced a a brand new uh, system, a set of principles, a big diagram. Uh, basically called the the D to C five layers of accountability, and it was a, it was an awesome couple session. We got into some really key issues with uh, addicts in recovery and and their spouses healing from betrayal trauma. It was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. And while we were doing that, um, this particular issue that we want to talk to all of you about today came up, and. As we as we look at accountability, one of the things with accountability, you probably heard me say five layers, and you're thinking five layers. I mean, <laughs> being accountable is being accountable, right? Well, it's it appears to be on the surface, and a lot of people treat it like that. But the great challenge is you can't really you can't be accountable for things that you are unaware of, or unwilling to look at, or in denial about, or that are hidden to you. I can't be accountable for something I don't know about. And so what happens in, especially with, you know, pornography and sexual addiction recovery, there's a huge focus on the symptom, my bad behaviors, right? The ways I'm sexually acting out, all the focus needs to be on those and me simply stopping. And once I stop, I'll be cured, done. It's I'm good to go, except it doesn't work that way. And so we want to talk today about getting past just looking at those symptoms and getting to the deeper core issues so that you can start to be accountable for those deeper core issues. And when you, when you're able to do that, that's when your recovery and your healing take off. 
right? We peel back those layers and get down to those deeper things. And that's what we wanted to talk about today. Yeah. No, it's a, it, it is a great topic and, and one that we haven't touched on in quite some time on the podcast, if if ever, at least directly. Um, because, you know, as Mark was saying, you know, accountability is not created equal. Recovery is a very nuanced process on 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 virtually every level there. Rarely do we operate in the black or the white in terms of thinking and totality around these different issues. And, you know, um, it it is really easy to get caught in kind of the the upper layers of accountability. Um, you know, I, I every every addict I think that I've worked with and I would totally throw myself in this category, you know, we tend to be very pain averse, especially around all things emotional. Mm. Um, and now that is true of just people in general. That is not just an addict behavior. I mean, there's there's a lot of evidence out there that shows that thinking in the emotional brain or or processing in the emotional realm, frankly, just takes a lot more energy mentally and in other ways than thinking intellectually, um, where we have, you know, where we can just operate through the lens of logic and impartiality. And well, so and, and when you start, when you start getting to the emotions, Steve, right, you, you, you start getting into this scary place of, I'm going to let people really see me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, we don't like to be seen below the surface, right? No, there's, there's a huge risk to that. I mean, it's, Many those longtime listeners know that one of my big soapboxes is this whole concept of feelings before facts concept, and and what we're talking about here is the core reason why people in relationships, intimate or otherwise, we just tend to deviate towards talking about things in the factual. It's less vulnerable. It takes less energy. We're having to put ourselves out there less, but that also comes at the cost of really resolving things in many cases, especially in intimate dialogue. And so this this idea of you know getting caught up in upper layers, we've all been guilty of this when it comes to accountability, just like any other area of intimacy, because accountability is a part of that. Um, and we were talking about this before we got ready, and Mark's actually got a a great story <laughs> about, oh. about about a client of his. Um, yeah, yeah. With regard to this a, and how this sometimes plays out. <laughs> I've got a client. We've, you know, I've, I've taught him tools on how to deal with the symptomology of his addiction, which are his immediate acting out behaviors, right? Going and looking at porn coupled with masturbation, you know, uh, fantasizing, you know, going to strip clubs, all, all the things that fall within that category. We have lots of basic foundational tools to help him to manage those things in the moment. But if that's all we ever do, <clears throat> what's going to happen to the symptoms? They'll go away for a while through the use of the tools, but they'll just come back because mm. the same core issues that are feeding them, his need to go self-medicate and escape and soothe and recreate, that's all going to come back if he doesn't get to the core issues. So he loves the tools. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> sorry, I've had a cold. But then he loves the tools. But then when we start to get to the deep core work, like his anxiety and his depression and his different areas of immaturity and just all the different things, things that feed his addiction, he gets worn out really quick and kind of goes into a resistance mode. And then lo and behold, I always know when he's trying to avoid the core issues, he says, Mark, you got any new tools for me? I need some new tools. There's got to be more tools, right? Mm -hmm. And he always wants to default to the tools. Why? because we're starting to get down to the deeper stuff and it's uncomfortable. It's difficult. Yeah. It's hard, right? It takes a lot of work and mindfulness and openness and he, and he doesn't want to go there. So he says, Nope, I just need tools for symptoms. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, this, there, there are lots of components to this, obviously in the podcast, we just have a short time to cover a few of these key things, but you know, if we, if we start to dive into those core issues for a minute of what that looks like for people, um, you know, Mark and I, one of the benefits to us working together is we work with clients in DTC or in other endeavors or here on the podcast or in, in the books that we write, um, is that we are very, very similar in a lot of aspects of our recovery, but we're also very different. We come from very different backgrounds in terms of what brought us here. Um, we come from very different age demographics. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarity and a lot of differences that I think makes for a really good a good marriage that way. And but but some of the and, and Mark and I can kind of connect to all of these that we're going to talk about, but we just want to go through some of these core issues and touch on them briefly about what these look like as we lead into an assignment for you addicts out there, because we know that a lot of sessions lately have been geared more towards partners. And we wanted to, to speak to all, all of you out there who are, who are struggling yourselves. And so when, when it comes to looking at some of these core issues, the first one that many of you can probably guess we'll bring up because it's talked about often on here is, is our own trauma. You know, we talk about betrayal trauma constantly on the podcast and in recovery, and it's, it's a buzzword, right? It's something because it is such a huge facet of it, but, uh, simply because we place so much emphasis on the on the betrayal trauma that a, a partner endures as a part of a part of this whole dynamic of navigating sexual compulsion and addiction and betrayal that does not take away from the fact that in many cases many addicts carry um significant levels of betrayal or or just specific generalized trauma right that oftentimes have left them vulnerable or set the stage uh for their addiction and we want to be clear, and we, we talked about this at length today on, on, D, on D to C as well, that what we're talking about here are reasons, not excuses. Yes. Okay. What we're talking about here, these, these core issues, they do not diminish accountability on the part of an addict at all. Not one iota. I am just as responsible. The more I figure out what issues led me into addiction and what helped, helped to get me stuck, that does not in any way change my sole responsibility for A, the things that I have done, and B, for my responsibility for getting out of it. That does not change at all. And, in, what, and in fact, if we get to these reasons, these explanations for how I got into these, these addiction behaviors, my accountability uh, should actually go up. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, right? Because <laughs> that is actually how, that's how we identify what to change. Right. Right. Um, so absolutely. So, so yeah, so trauma is going to be that first one. And Mark and I can both relate to this. I mean, I, I had, I had cancer as a child for two different times, which came with a lot of a trauma, not just medically, but also not really fitting in with kids my age when I, after a couple of years in the hospital and, you know, it's a delicate age where you're trying to fit in already when you're between like eight and 10. And here comes this cancer patient with chubby cheeks and a bald head and you can imagine on the playground in elementary school how easy of a target that makes you. Mm. And so there was always a struggle there with fitting in an acceptance. Then later when my dad passed away, that came with its whole whole list of things we've talked about on here. But Mark has been through a lot of those different things in his childhood as well. Yeah, I I mean, mine was a lot of physical and emotional abuse by stepdads and, you know, a pretty rough home environment. Mm. Um you know, I had, I had a lot of mental illness as a kid. So that made me different from everybody else. I had a significant birth defect that covered part of my upper body. Right. So there was all these things to make us feel like outliers, insecure, unworthy, don't fit in, not one of the cool kids. Right. That, so a lot of that was, you know, the trauma and the abuse that led us to turn to addiction, you know, to, to self-soothe and medicate and find meaning. Yeah. So, and, and remember, as all of you listening, 
if you didn't have some of these extreme things that we're talking about, remember that trauma is in the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. Trauma, what might be traumatic to one person might not even hardly show up on the, on the scale for another one. That doesn't mean it isn't trauma. Correct. Absolutely. It's all about the impact that it has for sure. And we won't touch on that too much today because we talk about that at length on here in many other episodes. And, and I appreciate this next one because Mark got bold today. We were planning out our podcast and we were talking about, you know, what are these different core issues that we want to bring up in our brief time? And, you know, one of the ones that he mentioned, he just got really bold. He's just like, why don't we just talk about maturity or the lack thereof? Oh boy. You know, as being a core issue when it comes to addiction. And I, I appreciated that boldness. It's just calling it like it is, right? Um, so all the Mark, what do you want to say about that? Well, so this is and one of the one of the risks we take when we talk about trauma, uh, it being the you know one of the deep core issues that leads to addiction. What about the people out there who suffer from addiction, but really didn't have much of this severe trauma in their lives? They can say, well, where does that leave me? I don't have a big explanation. I must be, I must just, must just be a worthless, pathetic, perverted loser that didn't have any reasons for going to this addiction. Be very careful not to put yourself into that place because I'm a great example of this. Yes, I did have those abusive issues and the trauma. I also had maturity issues. So for example, I didn't learn very well how to be self-disciplined. I certainly did not learn delayed gratification. Oh, I'm just going to say it. Oh, hell no. If Mark had the urge, he acted on it instantly. There was no stepping back. And so I had a lot of areas in my life that I didn't mature very well. Um, I I didn't, uh, was not good at being authentic and honest. I had problems with honesty. Um, Just all different kinds of ways that people will mature as they become adults. I didn't. Now, please be careful. There are a lot of areas that I am mature. Right. I graduated from school. I got I got, you know, licenses and degrees. I went on to have very successful business ventures and all these other things. And that can be a trap in two ways. One is that I can I can hear this immaturity um, concept and just say, well, yep, I knew it. I'm a completely worthless, worthless, childish little heap. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can default to that or you can say, well, wait a second, look at my life. Look at all these things I've succeeded. Look how awesome I am in all these areas. How can you tell me I'm immature? Yeah. So we need to be willing to face that we, in some ways, not in all ways, but some ways we just didn't mature in certain areas. And it's a very big, deep core cause that leads us to acting out an addiction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it brings it. And there's a whole dynamic to be discussed with that. Maybe that'll be a podcast episode. All the time That's the a day. huge topic because it is, but, it, but, it, but, but, but yeah, calling a spade a spade. It's the truth, right? Those there are serious issues around that and, and they can include all sorts of things. You know, Mark lacked off a, a bunch of them, listed off a bunch of them. Right now, our, our, our uh, theme for the, for the month in D2C is both, it, there's two of them, empathy and accountability, the lacking empathy. Yeah. Right. For lots of for various reasons, whether it's because of mental health conditions or because it wasn't modeled to us, many of us struggle to empathize or even to have insight into the impact of the actions that our actions have on other people. If those things weren't taught, if they weren't modeled to us, if nobody taught us about those things or or we learned those lessons in very unhealthy ways, again, those are deficits that they may not be the sole cause to an addiction, but they absolutely help to set the stage and prime the pump for it. Yeah. Um and then, of course, there are the other factors as well. And I know we got to wrap up here, but uh, culture, we talk about this oftentimes on the podcast, you know, 
two primary cultural issues that we address here oftentimes, although there are others as well. One is this hypersexualized constant emphasis on sex in our culture. I mean, it's just absolutely saturated. Everywhere. Bombarding your coast. Everywhere. Hmm? Everywhere. I mean, you can't, you can't, hey, I, well, I won't even get into it for sake of time. I saw a commercial the other day for, oh, geez, it was, it was some, not, I, I can't say without it becoming obvious. It was some basic food element that everyone in their, in their house has to have. And it was enveloped in this sexualized 30 second mess. I mean, it's just like, you can't even get eggs at the store without you know, getting, a, <laughs> getting a message about sex. Just crazy. Anyway, um, but then the other one is this over, overly rigid, rigid religiosity, or where there's there's uh, there there tend to be uh, extremes or taboos set around sex that kind of oscillate to the other side, right? Where not only is it something that we don't go crazy about or or we don't saturate, it's a very secretive topic. There's lots of shame surrounding the topic of just sexuality or or that element of humanity in general. Right. And so these, these cultural elements also set the stage for these things too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of deep core issues and we, we can't get to all of them today, not no. even close, but as we, as we talk about all that, we want to give all of you an assignment, an exercise. And we want you to, we want you to try to, if, if you're an, if you're a guy in addiction, you're trying to decide if you're going to get into recovery or you're in recovery we invite you to, you know, let go of this concept of, you know, bad or evil or wicked, you know, or perverted or loser or whatever. There's so much focus on that, that it often pulls us away from being able to focus on the why. Yes. How did I end up here? What were the series of events? What were the personality traits? What were the things that happened as a kid? My maturity levels in certain areas. What exactly got me to this place? Mm. There, there is a logical explanation about how all of this happened and is continuing to happen. And we want to invite you to begin to be willing to peel back those layers to take a look at that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, through a journaling extra, through some writing, sitting down and taking some quiet pondering time to just look at this and say, you know what, what, what does this do for me? We consider it just completely bad with no redeeming quality, but we don't turn to these addiction outlets, unless they benefit us in some way, unless they're meeting a, a deep need, unless they're soothing a fear or filling an insecurity or something, this stuff serves us and we need to find out how. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's a great exercise, right? Examining and looking at these, these, you know, these different areas, you know, where is the, the, the where does this come from? You know, and you know, and what needs am I meeting through these these different actions? And are there healthy, sustainable ways to do that going forward? Um, you know, so much of what we look at is, you know, as we try to talk about this, we we really want to have a lens of compassion in this uh in this episode for 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 the addicts out there. We've obviously done some very hurtful, awful things to spouses, to family, to friends, to all sorts of people, to ourselves as well. And but that doesn't mean that the motivations underneath that are all bad. Right. When Mark and I work with guys, I would say this is easily like a 95% of the time or more. Uh, when I start to look at the reasons behind why a guy acts out and we start to examine that in my office, like on a whiteboard or whatever, what we find is that virtually all of them, the, the needs themselves are actually quite healthy. Right. We, but we learned a long time ago in different ways or forms to try to have oftentimes very healthy needs met in just these terribly destructive ways. Right, And so, you know, looking at that through that lens of, 
of compassion as we take a look at these core issues and really dialing down into that new level of accountability of not just can I stay sober, not just can I say I'm sorry, but can I can I figure out what is going on and go from there? So anyway, we love and appreciate you guys. As always, we would love to have you come try out Dare to Connect. Uh, the program, Dare to Connect program is going up in price significantly on March 1st. Um, if you if you are interested at all in Dare to Connect now, trying it out with the two-week free trial, there is never a better time um, to give that a shot. Uh, if you do come and join us now, you lock in that rate for life as long as you're a member of D2C, and we'd love to be able to offer that to anybody. So if you're on the fence, you've been thinking about it, please do come join us. We are, we're offering, oh, geez, what do we what do we add up? I think it's like 60 hours of, no, 40 hours or something of content a month for the price that we offer. So we would love to have you guys come out and join us and be a part of the family. Um, and then also, as always, if you would like to send us, and you can find info about D2C at daretoconnectnow.com. And then uh, the podcast, if you would like to send in questions for brief responses or answers about issues that you're facing, uh, we'd love to answer those as well. And you can uh, send those to us at at the contact form on pbscpodcast.com. So. All right. Sounds great. Um, we uh, wish the best to all of you and we'll look forward to talking with you on our next episode. Awesome. Have a great week, guys. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.